just these many moments of mindfulness throughout the day are going to help you reset yourself, right? And anytime you feel like you're getting keyed up, there's just so many opportunities to check in with you yourself. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, I'm so lucky to have this amazing woman, Dr. Christina, come and talk. She's also known as Chris. <laughs> come and talk about overcoming mental health issues. And we know these days mental health issues are so prevalent everywhere in this world. And I just thought it was really important to dive deep into this. Chris, can you tell everyone a little about yourself? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, sure. So I'm a naturopathic doctor and uh, I haven't always been one. So it was my journey with my own mental health that brought me to become one. And uh, I've been practicing here in Edmonton for almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. Tell me, did you struggle with mental health issues even as a child? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How did, and what were some of the things that kind of been affected when you were younger? So it's so interesting. It's such an important question to ask when you're working with people is when did things begin? And actually, for me, it goes as far back as that in utero experience because I am adopted and I open my book beyond the label with a discussion about how stresses in, in you know, when a woman's pregnant can uh, create an imprint on the developing child. So I kind of came into the world wired for anxiety and nervousness and fear and, you know, uh, and as I was walking through the world, I, I developed um, a little, there was a little bit of bullying and, and in, in elementary school. And then I kind of wore this, I've got to have it all together. Yeah. Right. I, I, and stemming from learning that I was adopted. And, and so I, I felt like, and it wasn't, you know, nobody said this, it was just how it got processed in my brain that uh, I was, I became an overachiever. And with that, it became, came perfectionism. Yeah. And when I was in junior high, I developed an eating disorder. And so then things just spiraled from there with then anxiety and then depression and then being, being put on medication for that and then having a psychotic event and then being told I'm bipolar. And it's just been uh, quite the journey, which really what I had was trauma. Do you, How do you think, especially in this world where I think we're bombarded left and right with so much trauma, how do you think that shows up in people's bodies and they may not even recognize it? Yeah. Yeah. So it shows up in reactivity in being quick to kind of respond before someone's even finished a sentence. Uh, it can show up with digestive issues and sleep issues, skin issues kind of pretty much every system that the nervous system touches right 
right? It can unfold in, in any many different ways. Autoimmunity, right? I know for myself, I struggled with a lot of digestive issues, skin issues, angioedema. And when I started doing trauma work, that was when they started to significantly lessen. And I was really, I wasn't shocked. I was actually so happy that I found like this path to healing because that was really at the crux of what was my nervous system reacting in fight and flight. Yeah. Tell me a little about your journey to becoming a naturopathic doctor. How does that show up um, in your practice? Do you deal with mental health in your practice? Yeah. So, um, so for me, when I, the way I, um, kind of healed myself was, and the way I explain it to patients is we want to understand that there's four aspects to you as a person. So the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And if you look at those as like, you know, circles that with the spirit being at the center, if you just work on the outer layer, which is the physical level, you, you know, you, you can have some uh, reclamation of your health, but to really get to the root of it and to get to the true sense of healing, you have to work through all those layers, which includes the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And so the turning point for me to uh, become an ND was really after I did attempt suicide and uh, I was at a low point and obviously, and uh, when I opened my eyes and came out of that coma, I can tell you, I'm not, was not happy that I was still here. I mean, goodness me, right? I wasn't wanting to be here and uh, here I am. And so I had to figure out how do I navigate life? Because the way I'm doing it on five psychotropic meds is not helping me. And I'm not anti-medication, but I am minimum dose for maximum benefit for the shortest duration of time, number one. And number two, if it's helping you, great. If it's not helping you, maybe right. it's not the right thing for you or the right macro system, or there's something else that on on one of those other levels that we need to address. So the... For me, it was really um, upon reading this quote from a book I was given called A Return to Love that I discovered this word about surrendering and how we need to take off our mask and understand that all that God needs is just one single surrendered moment where we discover that we actually, where love matters more than anything anything at all. And for me, I didn't love myself. I mean, anyone, I think, who's struggling with deciding about whether they want to stay on the planet or not is the furthest from love that they're ever going to be, right? And so that's really been the journey for me is, you know, how do I get back to this? How do I get to healing the wounds, healing the trauma? Sure, taking the botanicals, taking the supplements, working on the nutrition, all the 10 steps I talk about in the book, right? That they're all important. But I think the most important thing is regulating that nervous system. Without a doubt. What are ways that you have learned and that you also teach? I'm sure they're in your book as well. But what are ways that that really work for you to regulate when you feel like there's anxiety and a panic coming? So the first thing is generally anxiety is it's so in Gestalt psychotherapy, this is a form of therapy that I've trained in and they say that anxiety is excitement without a breath. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So anxiety is ex- excitement without a breath. So can we move into that breath? Can we, can we be with the body? Can we be with the sensations of anxiety? Because really, most people say, you don't hear people say, I think I'm anxious. You hear people say, I feel anxious. Yes. So what are you feeling? 
So be with your body, knowing that your body is that container. So basically a simple way to say that is, is to be with the breath and get out of the mind because everybody's living here, right? And we're totally disconnected from the body. Then we have a symptom that comes forward from the body or a signal like, I can't breathe. My chest is constricting. My palms are sweating. My throat is, you know, closing up, um, you know, moving into dysregulation. So that's just your body saying, perhaps you're not safe in that moment, right? Maybe your intuition is saying, hey, that situation is, is not going to be great for you. So maybe we want to move in a different direction, but start first and foremost with grounding yourself, getting out of your head, getting into the body. And then what would you say are are strategies that you use on a daily basis? So I call it the four R's. So it's basically, we want to recognize the thoughts that we're thinking and understand that there's only two branches to your nervous system. So we've got sympathetic and parasympathetic. Think danger and safety. And you could only be in one state at a time. A key question I ask my patients is, so if we divide that up to, into 100, what percentage of the time on average would you say you're in sympathetic or stressed or parasympathetic or relaxed? And I have yet to say, yet to have anybody say to me, oh, I'm 90% parasympathetic, 90% relaxed. Like most people are way, way over here on the sympathetic side, right? And so when you're in that, remember, digestion isn't going to work when you're in a sympathetic state. Digestion is a parasympathetic function. And that's one of my huge pet peeves about the health industries because everybody's talking about this diet and this food and this and that and the other thing, this supplement, but nobody's saying anything about what state are you in when you're eating that food, right? So first step is the recognition of either the emotion or the signal from the body or the thought, like the problematic thought. Even yeah. saying, I feel anxious is a problematic thought, right? Then you refrain from following the thoughts further and further by relaxing into the body, into the breath. And I'd like to do that by having people put their right hand. And if you know, you're listening right now, you can do this along with us. So your right hand on the belly button and your left hand on the heart. And that's just to connect the yin and yang sides of you and also connect with chakras in you. But also understand that in order to use your diaphragm and to take a proper inhalation, your right hand's got to move out when you take it inhale it's like you're breathing into your belly like you're blowing up a balloon and I like to ground myself with both feet on the floor and usually I stand up and I'll look outside at something in nature for just two breaths right two breaths and then when you come back to the moment after taking those two deep breaths then you just, you just check in with well where you are where, where are you at now right we're two breaths into the future that moment where we, that we were in is now in the past now right. we're in a new spot, right? So it's just, that's my top thing is, and I'm doing the breath, a form of, and I'm just asking for two breaths. I'm not asking you to sit for an hour or go to Nepal and climb, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro or wherever that mountain is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sit in a lotus position for eight years. I'm not asking you to do that. If you want to do that, I'd love to see that, but that's not what I'm asking you to do, right? <laughs> Just these many moments of mindfulness throughout the day are going to help you reset yourself, right? So, um, and anytime you feel like you're getting keyed up or you're feeling, you notice your shoulders are starting to go like this. Like there's just so many opportunities to check in with you yourself. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions. 
but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, I've also created video guides to walk you step-by-step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Often I hear people say like, do these type of breaths, do this, you know, certain amount in, certain amount out. And it's like, it can feel overwhelming for that person that is in that state of anxiety. So really be able to check in. I love the 4R system. It sounds like a really great system. And I know for myself, when I'm wound up, even just stopping and recognizing like, how is my body? How is my body breathing? Brings me back to a state because I struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life and still do. I've just learned how to navigate, navigate and regulate my nervous system. And I know and create massive boundaries and come out of perfectionism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say like the, the thing that's important to understand as well is that the egoic mind is a very busy place. Right, is pretty busy throwing off opinions, comments, suggestions, ideas, some of which are helpful and most of which are not. And so, you know, it's designed to keep you protected from the pain of the past. The problem is that the past piece is not actually happening in the present moment. It's showing up in your body and your system in the present moment. But the thoughts that are fueling that connection between the body and, and the emotions, that's what you have the ability to um, I'll use the word, I don't like this word, but I'll use it control Yeah, with awareness because it's all about, it's like, I use this bus analogy, right? The bus, you're, 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 you're a bus and, and the, and the engine of the bus is the brain. This is where the thoughts reside. Thoughts in the brain are the passengers and the driver of the bus is your soul, your heart, your spirit. And as you're driving your vehicle down the road of life, You want to get discerning about the passengers, i.e. the thoughts that you're letting ride along with you, because not all of them are A, helpful, B, true, or useful, right? And I get that, you know, I have, I had a lot of beliefs. Oh, I'm not wanted and I'm not filling the blank. And we all have them. But when we can take a look at them from this place of an adult perspective and, and be able to heal that wounded child within and say, yeah, you know what, that that thought served you when you were five, right, right, and needed to protect yourself, perhaps, but not when now you're fifty five. So, what's a more true thought that you can use, carry with you on your bus, now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we still have to heal that wound, perhaps. But anyway, I'm going. I went on a tangent. Sorry. No, go on a tangent. I think it's great because I feel like. <laughs> I feel like so much of our reactivity in life comes from our past and comes from that inner child that hasn't gotten updated information about what's safe and not safe. And there's a trigger. I know for myself, like there are certain things that trigger me and I have to be really careful and really cognizant and do a lot of self-talk. What are some things that really helped you to heal that inner child? Hmm. Well, I just want to first speak to that word trigger because the trigger piece, the reason that we react, well, the reason we're triggered is because we have unresolved emotions within us. Yeah. 
I will and, admit to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, me, me too. Me too. And it's not, it's not, it's not like my teacher says that, um, you know, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if, and, and so the thing is it can go, and sometimes it's hard to like to, in the moment when you're, when you have a reaction explosion and emotional outburst, um, it's hard to connect. Well, what, you know, what, what, where does this stem from, right? What's the root here? Um, but what I would say is that whenever you're activated, you have to look within yourself, right? And, yeah. and then tend, attend and befriend that wound within you, not from a place of criticism or judgment, or like, how come you don't, haven't got that figured out yet? Just from that place of compassion and love and like, hey, well, what's good for you right now in this moment? And yeah. one of my teachers, the same teacher, he, he taught me something very different that I didn't learn when I went to naturopathic medical school. Because in naturopathic school, I got the impression, and maybe I wasn't listening properly, but I got the impression that we're supposed to have all eyes on the patient. Like, it's kind of like, we're not even in the room, but, but we're there physically, but everything's about them, which is, which is true. However, what about, he taught me, but you also have to have an eyeball on you. Yeah. What's going on with you in front of that patient? Because you can get activated in front of another person, right? And so that was very helpful for me because, um, because I do, I, I, because healing is energy, right? Yeah. I mean, right now we're across the computer screen through Zoom, but really if you were in front of me and I'd be feeling your vibe, right? You'd be feeling my vibe. You'd be feeling there's, there's more electromagnetic energy, 40 times more from your heart than from your head. It's amazing. So we've, I really think with mental health in particular, we focus on the brain. You know, modern psychiatry has made it all about the brain, but I actually think there's two other brains that nobody's talking about. It's your heart yeah. and your gut. So the tools you ask, the tools that I use. Well, the first one is, so really the, the 10 steps that I talk about in my book. So the first thing to keep my nervous system on steady ground or even keel or neutral, or hopefully into parasympathetic, right, is sleep. Yes. Yeah. And Right. And I think sleep is such an important piece. It's got a domino effect because if you don't sleep great, you don't feel like moving your body the next day. If you don't sleep great, you don't feel like making great food choices. You're kind of tired and you just want the quick, quick thing, right? The quick IV drip of sugar. So that one to me is, is like, a, I have huge boundaries around sleep. Uh, some could use the word high maintenance, but I'm going to use <laughs> healthy boundaries. <laughs> I have healthy boundaries around my sleep as well. Yeah, I think we have to have healthy boundaries. I'm doing. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm leaning into doing a masterclass on on boundaries because um, there's so much to it. So I, much boundaries and perfectionism. Yeah, there's yeah. so much to those. So much. I I describe myself as a recovering type A overachiever perfectionist. Like yeah. brutal. <laughs> <laughs> like, Holy moly. But yeah, and then the breathing, right? Having that regular breath practice, regular movement practice. Those are sort of the three. And then the nutrition, right? That those four foundational pieces for me are are non-negotiable. And and I think if you just get the basics right, like the foundation right, then you can build a beautiful health house. But yeah. most people are kind of, you know, they're taking supplements and they're not looking at the nutrition or they're eating super great, but they're stressed right out and you're, they're not sleeping or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so interesting. I used to have all these food allergies. I thought that I was intolerant to so many foods. They showed up on tests. So, you know, I did multiple different tests 
And when I did this trauma work, those food allergies went away because yeah. I was in, in stress eating mode. And I was, I had an eating disorder. I was bulimic and anorexic as, in, you know, as well. And so for me, food was always a stressful place. Yeah. But it's like, as I've gone to this point where that doesn't exist and the trauma isn't getting triggered, it's amazing because I can eat foods that used to cause me all these histamine reactions. Yeah, it's like you turn the alarm down, right? Yeah. And and it's it's important because this idea of inflammation, right? The food that we eat, again, if we're stressed, then the food that we eat isn't gonna get digested properly. Then we're gonna have something called what we talk about is leaky gut. And then leaky gut's going to lead to inflammation, which then leads to this idea of leaky brain, which leads to the idea of the brain on fire, right? And so then, but it's really all, it's like you can remove the foods, but it's you never deal with the underlying stress response, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you've got, you know, it's like you can take the battery out of the alarm, but if you put the batteries back in, the alarm's still going to ring. Well, so that's the love that you brought up around, you know, you can even be a health addict where you are so stressed about the foods that you're eating because you don't think that they're organic or you don't think that they're this or they're that. We try our best, but that can cause a huge amount of stress. Totally. All of a sudden, all the foods that you're eating don't even give you the the bountiful, you know, foods that it sh should be. Exactly. I mean... The eating disorder piece for me has been, uh, you know, um, this is what my next book is on, is on on the eating disorder, because, um, you know, you go from that. Well, I went from from bulimia to just binging, not purging, but over exercising. Uh, and then then I went from. Well, anyways, it's just it's basically what I'm trying to say is it's it's a progression. And then there's this idea of a lot of disordered eating out there. Right. Even now there's a new term. Well, it's not new, but it's wasn't it didn't exist in 1985 let's put it that way so orthorexia which is yeah. being too concerned about being healthy which is interesting I right? think there are so many people that have I would call them like vices for handling their dysregulated nervous system because I was just trying to control everything and I couldn't I I remember a therapist saying to me she gave me the book feeding the hungry heart um, and she was like, you know, I really want you to think about what does this eating disorder, how does this serve you? And I was like, I eat when I can't process emotions. Mm. And I was 14 years old knowing that, that it was like already then I couldn't process emotions. And mm -hmm. I've always said that it, it was a saving grace for me in its own way, even though it was detrimental because it was my vice. It was what I did. It was a baby blanket. But as I started to evolve in learning how to process my emotions, how to speak up for myself, how to not be a puppet master, how to not be a perfectionist, all of those things, that eating disorder went away. Yeah. And a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. It sounds like, you know, you've done a lot. And so, you know, hats off to you and congratulations because lots of people well, they just stay in it. And it's, and that's a place to be like no judgment, but it's just, it's just what I like to see for patients and for people and who I work with is, are you, you know, are you truly happy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's really, and if you're having this war with yourself, because you don't like this layer of fat, or you, 
or you think you don't have whatever, or whatever it is, right? We're very much, I think as women, we've been really messed up by the patriarchal society on this definition of what's of beauty and that kind of thing. So anyway, I could go on a huge tangent there, but I won't, but I'll just say that it is a lot of work and it's lots of layers, right? It's like we talk about in naturopathic medicine, like, you know, peeling the onion. So it's really, that's been my experience in my own healing is, is, you know, we peel the onion, we peel one layer, we, we think, oh, great. Now I'm done. (laughs) But then something else comes up. Oh, we're going to peeling another layer, right? Another layer to the, till you get to the center, to get to the root issue which I think for a lot of individuals is this big T or little T trauma, all these little big, like I said, big and or little T traumas. And it's all about how you processed it, which you made it mean in your head. Yes. What you can do to create a reorganization around that experience through doing, um, through the lens of, of healing. And working with somebody like you. I mean, I think that's what, tell me a little about your practice. How do people find you? I'm, you know, on the internet. (laughs) I'm just hesitating because I just changed my website. And so I have my URL, but you can um, just search my name, right? Christina Bjorndal. And then on the social media channels. But I do work one-on-one, but my one-on-one wait is quite long. And so I have some group programs that I'm, that I run and that I'm, I'm going to rerun in the 2024. And then there's the books and, um, and, and YouTube, I have quite a few lectures on YouTube and anyway, you know, just the regular, the usual suspects. Do you get a lot of referrals? I do. Yeah. 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 We don't, I don't require a referral, like, because I'm an, I'm a naturopathic doctor, so you don't need anybody you know, you don't have to get it. Not, we're not like the medical doctors, right? Where you have to get a referral to see a psychiatrist. That's not how we work. You just call us up, right? We, but I get a lot of referrals from other clinicians. Other practitioners. Yeah. What has been the best way for you to do list building and visibility? You know, um, so one of the ways my practice really took off when I, I moved, I had relocated from uh, one town to to Edmonton in, in Alberta. And I, after maybe two, three months, I saw my name, uh, sorry, this one name constantly referring to me. And I'm like, who is this person? Anyways, it turns out she was a massage therapist in town. She was referring everybody to me and I had never met her or anything. So I met her, I went to meet her and said, why are you referring to me? And she said, well, I don't know. I just asked somebody who they saw and they said you were great. So I just referred everybody to you. So she really helped me build my brick and mortar, but you asked me about list building. So the best way about this with list building is to, if you're on social media, remember that you don't own your plat that platform. Instagram owns that platform or TikTok or YouTube or whatever, Facebook, they own the platform. So the best way to generate a list for yourself, your own email list that you own is to create some sort of, of offering that people can download. The other way for me that really helps me build my list was I participated in different summits. Yeah. Yeah. In order, in order to do that, you, some of them you have to have be a certain list size to begin with, which is a bit of a catch 22. Um, Others are people are just are gracious and don't, doesn't matter to them what size your list is. But in order to, to do that though, you still have to create that, that asset that I was referring to. Right. Yeah. And you need visibility. I mean, I was just saying to somebody, I was like, I got asked to be on summits, but that's because I had that visibility yeah. knowing, 
that I was, you know, an expert in this area. And I yeah. think for people who are growing their business, even if it's brick and mortar, really focus on referrals. And if it's list building and summits to really focus on getting videos on YouTube and being present on your social media. Yeah. And connecting with people who are in the space doing summits, right? If you want to be on a summit, but you don't know anybody who's running a summit, then you need to get yourself to networking. And, you know, there's different groups that do that. So, uh, although I don't know so much about summits, if they're like, they were really popular. I'm just wondering if it sort of plateaued and I'm not, you know, I don't have my pulse on that. If somebody asks me generally, I still participate. I mean, I think it's, I think we owe it to society to get our message out there Mm. about alternative. And I don't even like using the word alternative. I'm going to use the word original medicine. Yes. Yes. Going back to the basics of what it used to be like. Yeah. So do you think that we missed anything in this amazing conversation that you want to leave anyone with? No, I mean, I think the most important thing, um, well, I would say the framework is just that I want people to understand that number one, healing is possible. And the most important piece, I think ultimately, so yes, nutrition, sleep, exercise, managing stress, all of that's really important. Obviously, yes, it is. But the most important thing is the relationship you're having with yourself and answering this one question. Well, two questions. Do you love yourself? How much on a scale of one to 10? And how compassionate are you with yourself on a scale of one to 10? And if those numbers are low, that's the work you need to set about doing. And yeah. You know, and and I mean, goodness me, I, you know, I've I've had can you know have been given labels that are difficult to to own myself and to for others to accept, yeah. and and I don't subscribe to any of them anymore. Like I don't, I haven't had an episode of in any of those areas um, for a, a, over a decade. So, wow, am I healed? Definitely, is possible. I think. Well, it's possible. I think- I think it's what you said. It's our daily reprieve of how we give ourselves grace, mm-hmm. how we love ourselves, and how we're taking care of our nervous system so that we are not living in the stress state. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Guys, definitely follow this woman. Um, can you just, can you spell your last name? Yeah. B as in boy, J-O-R-N as in Norman, D. A L. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here today, guys. This is an amazing talk. Make sure you check in with yourself today. And if you are feeling off, find somebody like this amazing woman or work with her. All right. Bye. Take it easy. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. 
This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.